welcome to Creative Block. I'm your host, V, and uh, Gene is usually here, but today he's off out and about doing some Q-bomb stuff. Um, we interview people in, in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We ask people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drunk prompts. And today we have Vaughn Ross. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me, V. Big fan of the show. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited to have you on the show because uh, you've worked uh, at Lucasfilm. We've never had anyone on the show who worked at Lucasfilm. And um, you've done storyboards, you've done directing, you've been a supervising director. So we have a ton to talk about that I'm really excited about. <laughs> I'm excited uh, but too. Let's start kind of, let's start with your life story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when you <laughs> where did you always know you wanted to go into animation or how did you kind of stumble onto that path you know uh I was one of these weird kids that always knew I wanted to be in animation ever oh, since nice. I was yeah ever since I was you know I can remember my mom took me to Disneyland when I was like I don't know five or six and I think at that point I was like I'm gonna work here I didn't know what that oh, yeah. meant exactly, but, um, you know, and my, my sort of, uh, creative tastes changed over the years. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, from a very young age, I, you know, I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to work in animation, which was kind of, yeah, kind of a strange thing for a kid in, oh, you know, at that age, you know. That's really cool, though, like knowing that the industry was there or like that, that was like a possibility um, for you to like go towards. And do you like what was for you the career like trajectory in terms of like, I'm going to go to college or how did, did you know what to do to kind of like. Yeah, I was I didn't know anything about an industry or anything like that. I just knew I wanted to work in it. And so I remember, I remember when I was in high, you know, in high school, deciding what I was going to do getting out of high school. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to art college because I know I need to know how to draw better. Right. I mean, I was always an mm -hmm. artist, but you know, I knew I, I needed to, to get that skill up. And so, um, so, you know, I just, I went to art school. I went to the art Academy in San Francisco mm -hmm. and, uh, And at the time, they didn't even have an animation department. So I was, I, I was going to school for illustration because they had a really, oh. a really, really good illustration department. And, uh, and actually while I was there, they started an animation department. And I remember being really excited about that right because I was like oh this is what I want to do so they started this new department and I took a couple classes and it became kind of clear to me that like oh you guys are figuring out how to start an animation department <laughs> and, and I'm paying a lot of money to take these classes so I quickly uh -huh. I quickly dropped those classes and just stuck with the illustration because I was like okay they they, they know what they're doing on, on with the illustration department and I don't mm -hmm. want to pay to be a guinea pig. Yeah. Um, that's smart. Actually. I feel like, yeah, it's really smart to make that decision. Cause 
I don't know. I feel like sometimes when people go to school, like, you know, you just do the classes and you don't kind of question what's going on. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, I think also because I was, you know, I was working part time, you know, oh, yeah. while, you while I was, I was waiting tables while I was going to school paying, you know, I, you know, I was paying, you know, I was, you know, in debt with loans and paying, you know, paying my own rent, paying my own bills and whatnot. So it wasn't, I feel like I was very aware of every dollar I was spending because of that. So, right. Yeah. Um, where, you know, some kids didn't have that experience, right. Some kids were like, Oh my, you know, mm-hmm. I got a scholarship or my parents are paying for it. It's a little bit different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because of that, it kind of, you know, it made me very hyper aware of like every, every penny that was being spent. And, you know, I, I mean, I even did a thing where I would, I would, um, I would, I would register for like three more classes than I knew I was going to take. Oh, interesting. You know, so that I could, I could start the semester off and like, it w- because if, if you wanted to drop any classes, you could, you could drop you could drop classes within the first three weeks without any kind of penalty. And so that, Oh, interesting. And so that first three weeks, I would just be like, I would just be really paying attention to my instructors and trying to figure out, okay, does this guy or girl really know what they're talking about? Is this going to (laughs) be, is he going to be, is he or she going to be a really good teacher? Because Mm -hmm. I got burned a couple of times on a couple, you know, a couple classes early on. And, uh, by doing that, you know, I ended up getting really good instructors because I was able to kind of like weed out the ones that, that weren't, weren't, uh, weren't up to what, what I felt I was willing to pay for at the time. So yeah. College, college, um, what's the word? Like life hacks, like college hacks. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Exactly. I don't know if they've, they've gotten hip to that now and won't allow it, but you know, that was, that was, uh, that was a good little trick that, that, uh, I think, I think worked out for me in the end. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's really great. Um, cause yeah. Cause then you could just like really focus on the classes that were going to pay out, pay off. Right. Cause there's nothing more disheartening than paying like thousands of dollars and feeling like this class isn't doing anything for me, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Cause you're not only wasting your money, but you're also wasting your time. So right. it's like, oof, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. What kind of, uh, so you, you said illustration classes, it was an illustration major, um, uh, mm-hmm. kind of what was the name of the different classes that you took within that major? Oh, what were the classes I took? Like, you know, a lot of figure drawing classes, tons and tons of figure drawing classes. Mm. That was just like the foundation, yes. which I, I thought was, you know, in retrospect, I, I felt like really paid off for me as far as in animation, um, yes. uh, you know, uh, painting, um, like oil painting, watercolor, perspective, you know, all those sort of foundational stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, That's really interesting because you're, because then you went on to become a storyboard artist mm-hmm. and like, I guess, do you feel like painting kind of helped you with composition and layout and that kind of stuff? I do. Like, cause... I do actually, you know, and I, and one thing, um, I think my illustri- my my experience or in, in illustration really helped me out in my career because I remember there you know 
like we all know, you know, animation industry kind of goes through ebbs and flows and mm -hmm. highs and lows. And when, you know, at one moment there's like tons of work and you're like turning stuff down and then, and then there could be like, you know, uh, a lull. And I, I remember there was, you know, we were going through this sort of lull of like work, especially in the Bay, Bay area. Cause there's a lot less, less of it than, than say in LA. It was like mm -hmm. after the, the sort of dot-com crash, right? Mm -hmm. And because I had an illustration background, I felt like um, I was much more sort of uh, versatile in the kind of work that I could do. Yeah. Um, whereas like some of the some of the folks that just had purely like animation um, background uh, found it harder to find work because I was able to I was able to get like spot illustration work I was able to do you know storyboards for like ad agencies and stuff which right. a lot of times yeah. those are a lot more like illustrative than True. than what you mm -hmm. you know than what, what what you do in in like television or, or film um so yeah so I, I felt like it, it just it it made me a lot more um versatile in, in the types of of jobs that I could I could I could pick up you know, because yeah. I had, I had that experience, um, or that skill. Um, do you, and do you feel like, uh, when you, um, did you actually start in illustration or like, uh, storyboarding for ad agencies or did you get your first gig in animation? Like what was your first, the first job that you got after college? Uh, uh, my first job, Actually, like in the first, art industry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, my first, my first art, well, not for, my first job. I was in school still, mm -hmm. um, and so actually, one of my first jobs was like I was working for this, uh, um, this art company in the Bay Area called Funky Fat, Funky Fat Productions or something like that. And basically they did album covers for like all these like Bay Area artists like E-40 and, and, and all these, you know, sort of different uh, Bay Area artists. And so I was like the in-house illustrator and I would like draw like logos if they needed like, a, a you know, like a, um, you know, a fully illustrated uh, cover, album cover. I'd be the guy that they would come to for that. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of like you know, my sort of first sort of sort of art job. And then while I was working there, I actually, and I was in school, I ended up getting a gig, getting an internship <clears throat> at um, Twitching Image on mm. uh, James and the Giant Peach. Oh, cool. So that was like my first sort of, uh, that was my first animation, animation gig was an internship on James and the Giant Peach. And I was, I was interning in the, in the story department with, oh, um, very cool. with like, you know, Joe Ramp, who is like legendary storyboard artist guy, who's, you know, RIP, uh, mm -hmm. and a bunch of, a bunch of guys. And at the time I didn't even know who these guys were, you know, I was just like, just so happy to be there and so happy to be like kind of right. part of it. And it was a fun, kind of a funny story about how, how I actually, um, got got that gig uh was I you know basically you know pestered pestered the 
pestered pestered them and was like, I want I want to work here. I want to you know I want an internship here, and they just mm-hmm. tur- they kept turning turning me away, turning me away, turning me away, and then finally they were like, okay, fine, <laughs> fine, okay, fine. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, who were so, you pestering? Was it like a recruiter? What what was the, the guy at the door? Were- just the guy, ah! <laughs> the receptionist, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, and it was actually me and my girlfriend at the time were, were, mm-hmm. were both trying to get in here, and then she was actually the first one to get in mm-hmm. with with the pestering. Um, with the pestering. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah. So anybody look out there looking to get into, you know. Don't underestimate the art of pestering and being, being <laughs> resilient in what you want. You want. Yeah. But um, yeah. So then, you know, so, you know, uh, but it was it was an amazing um, experience because I think at that point, at that time, that was a point where, like you were saying, like, how did I know? at a young age that I wanted to be in the industry and all that. I, I really didn't. I just knew I wanted to make cartoons. Right. Yeah. But yeah. this was the moment where it was like, it became clear to me like, Oh, th- this is a real job that people have. And, mm-hmm. and especially at, at, uh, at twitching image, because it was, you know, it was a stop motion, um, <clears throat> studio. There was like, mm-hmm. there was so many different job uh sort of people doing different things right there was like the fabrication department there was a story department right. there were animators there were you know it was just it 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 went from in my mind at the time being like this you know this this fantasy sort of job right mm. that I'd love to have one day but kind of felt a little bit out of reach and a little bit abstract to mm-hmm. like to like wow, this is, this is a real thing that like, not only are, you know, are there jobs, but there's, there's multiple disciplines. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think at that point, cause I was at, and like I said, I was, I was still in school while I was doing this internship, you know, and I kind of hopped, jumped the line a little bit because I think I was like maybe a sophomore and, mm-hmm. you know, and they, <laughs> and the other thing is like, when, once I start, once I started the internship, they were like, all right, well just bring us your, uh, bring us your information from your, from the, the, the college for, you know, mm-hmm. permission to do this, uh, to do the internship. And of course they weren't going to, the college wasn't going to give it to me because I was only a sophomore. Right. Right. And so I just, every week I would just be like, Oh, I forgot. I'll bring it next week. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept, you know, and by like the fourth week they were like, yeah, whatever, forget it. You know? Um, <laughs> Wow, so, what a little scam. Yeah, yeah. So by that time they were, you know, they, they they by that time they fell in love with me and they couldn't let me go, right? So <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, you know, but but that was that was a thing though. It was like, you know, on top of me sort of being persistent while I was there, I was like working my butt off, you know. I was mm. like working really hard. They knew they can count on me. They were, you know, so you know, I think um 
What kind of uh, what, um, so you were doing storyboards um, at that time? I was I was an internship in the storyboard department. So what one one of the, the bigger tasks that I had was they had like these uh, work sort sort of storyboard um, folders mm. that that had to be updated mm-hmm. as the storyboard as a story uh, as a story team you know, was developing the story. And so I would take those binders and I would have to update the binders in all the other different departments, which oh, was, I see. Which was mm-hmm. great because then I got to see all the other different aspects of the studio and kind of see how it all kind of worked together. Right. Yeah. So really fast. You were almost kind of, yeah, that's, you were almost kind of like a story PA kind of. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so I would go down and you know, hang out with the guys in fabrication who were like, you know, you know, getting high with their hot glue guns, you know, making <laughs> giant, giant pirate ships and out of popsicle sticks and, you know, uh, that's so cool. You know, as well as like the the CG department, you know, who were doing all, you know, all the, all the effects with the, you know, SGI machines at the time. They were the big mm. fancy machines back then. Um, so yeah, I did that, and then and then when that gig ended, uh, the internship ended. They needed people to do um, they 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 needed people to do uh, 2D effects for the studio for the for the mm. for the movie, <clears throat> and so they they hired me on to be to to help out with that. And so you know I helped out with like you know shooting all the rough animation on like the the lunchbox was called at the time. It was like, you know, you stick it, you know, it was like under an actual camera on paper, you put down the, you know, put down the animation and shoot one frame at a time with like X sheets and all that. So I did that. And then, and then they needed people to ink and paint it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up moving on to that department where, you know, we were doing, you know, basically pushing cell, you know, paint, sell on uh paint on cell vinyl mm, and paint mm-hmm. painting you know pushing the pushing the bubbles around mm. to uh paint the the special effects for the movie and uh yeah and that's and then and then from the, yeah and then it's, it kind of just it kind of just kind of you know once i once i kind of made got my foot in the door <clears throat> it just one thing kind of led to another from mm-hmm. you know working hard making making you know making friends with people in the industry because then the 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 job that i had after that was um at this studio at the time called colossal pictures Mm -hmm. and the bit is also set in the in the bay area and it's uh they were famous for doing all the liquid television um animation at the time they Mm -hmm. did uh eon flux at the time oh yeah 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 so uh so yeah so from there i got a job at um at Colossal in the ink and paint department. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was, you know, with a, you know, these band of like, you know, it was like 10 or 15 uh, painters. And, and that was back when we were doing paint, painting backgrounds with like gouache and acrylic for, wow. you know, animation productions and stuff. So I was, I was helping out in that department. And that's um, so crazy. When I think about it, like painting a background traditionally must be so much more high stakes than doing it digitally <laughs> right right <laughs> especially yeah. if you're doing gouache because gouache is like 
it's like really finicky yeah yeah can't really mess up wow that's so crazy so yeah so all the illustration yeah degree paid off exactly exactly Exactly. wow that's so cool yeah no the fun I have I do have a, a funny a funny story about how I got that job if you want to hear it um yes <laughs> so so they they found out you know they they found out of you know i i found about out about the gig because a lot of the people that were on james and the giant peach um doing the ink and paint stuff you know they were from colossal um uh, and so they were like hey you know we're you know you could probably get a job you know with us over over at colossal so i went down there um and I was like, hey, I'd like to apply for a job if you guys are hiring. And the woman was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to give you a test. And, uh, and you know, basically, I'm going to give you a, 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 a piece of vinyl and some paint. And mm. you can go to town on it. Take this test. We're all, we're all going to go out for lunch, you know. And... And when we come back, I'll check it out. And mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, cool. And so she gives me the cell vinyl. I don't know if you remember, but do you remember those Coke commercials back in the day where uh, it would be like a truck driving? It's like during Christmas time, it'd be like a truck, like a, oh. a semi. And then Santa would be paint, would on the back of the truck. And it, he's like an, like an animated Santa Claus. It was like, ho, ho, ho. You know, it was like, I don't think I've seen those because I wonder if they were in, I wonder if they were also in France. Right. Because it could also be like in the US. Maybe. That's, it was around yeah. the same time when Coke had a bunch of these like penguin, penguin oh. commercials for Coca-Cola. But anyway, so it was like a, it was basically Santa Claus, animated Santa Claus on the back of a truck. It was like a live action commercial, but the, but the, the illustration that was animated was animated in sort of like that old school, like line decker or or uh, uh, sort of style. And so she left me with this, you know, cell uh, and just like a shelf full of paint, um, but no example of what it was supposed to look like, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is so, and so, that's uh, so scary. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so I was just like, all right, okay. And so um, – I'm sitting there with like this blank. It's worse than blank canvas, right? Because at least with blank, it's like white. But this is yeah, yeah. this is vellum, so it's like it's not even white. It's just like see through. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's I'm just sitting, tiny. It's just like yeah. reflecting random right, things. Right, right. I'm just looking at the the desk that I'm working at, right? <laughs> and I'm looking, and I'm like, okay. And so I just started working on it, and I'm working on it, and I finish it. And she comes back and she takes a look at it. And what I had done was, since she didn't give me instructions on how to, to what to paint it, I, I made it a black Santa. And for the viewers who don't know, I'm an I'm African-American uh, <laughs> artist. And so I, I painted a black Santa. And, uh, and she came back and she looked at it and she kind of looked at me with like a little bit of like a, a little funny face, Aww. a little scrunch in her nose. And she's like, you know what? You're hired. Oh, and I was like, awesome! <laughs> and I was like, awesome. And I think, I think at that point too, I think at that point too, I felt like, um, at least in the Bay Area, 
yeah. like the the animation community is pretty small mm-hmm. um and it's you know a lot of sort of like misfits type folks mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. I felt like at that point like I felt like I really felt like I, I like I had like kind of found my tribe you know like oh like that's so very, sweet very sort of like-minded like kooky kooky yeah. folks that you know wanted to make beautiful art you know that's so sweet so, i'm so glad you told this story it's yeah. really cute <laughs> wow. so yeah so yeah and then you know it, i think i think from there just one one thing kind of led to another but but the, the the crazy thing though is like all throughout this time i'm still in school mind you oh yeah that's true I'm st- yeah because i'm still you, in school i'm still how did you how did you make, make that work? <laughs> uh, well, you know, the funny thing was, like, I remember when I was in college, I was kind of, like, I was at the mind of, like, I'm just going to do this until, like, I can find a job, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then when um, when I actually got a job in animation, working, at, especially working at, at on James and the Giant Peach uh, at at uh, scaling or at twitching image um it became aware it, it became clearer to me that like i need school <laughs> you know because oh, it was okay. like because a lot of the classes where i was like why do i need this class i'm gonna be an animator. <laughs> i'm gonna be an animator i don't need this class and then you know like i remember one specific one was like we had a class called uh uh something form something it was like it was like this class where you like made stuff out of like foam core and hot glue and you know it was, yeah, it was one of yeah. those sort of, sort of like foundational things to 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 get you familiar with different types of tools and 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 um and stuff like and oh, i was like i don't yeah. i don't need this class i'm gonna be an animator <laughs> and, then I, and then i went to to you know to twitching image and i was like oh shit i do need this class <laughs> <laughs> you know and I was like oh shit I do I need all these classes because all 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 that working started to work all that it it just made me realize like what a what a what a tall mountain it was going to be to climb to even be you know competitive yeah. or be able to hold down a job with so many talented talented people you know yeah. And people and the people have been, you know, people that I was sitting next to working, working next to had been working in, in their field for like 10 to 15 years plus, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so of course they're going to be like way better than me, you know, of course they were going to be way yeah. more skilled than me. You know, they just have so much more time. And so it just made me, it made me, it actually made me ultra get way more focused in my in my schoolwork. Uh, Do you feel was... like um, at school, like the level overall wasn't very competitive and you you found that competitiveness when you started in the field? No, I wouldn't say that. I think, mm. I think people, had, I, there was, there were some really talented people that I went to school with as well. Mm. But I think, um, like I said, I was, I was so much like, uh, it's just kind of like I, the end goal. You I were like just so... Yeah, I was so much in hustle mode, you know. Right. I was, I was, I was much more in hustle mode than than I was in like school mode, you know. I see. And I had, yeah. you know, and and that's, you know, and I I feel like, you know, I I, I even I I feel like I envy 
you know, a lot of my classmates that could just focus on school at the time, you know? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but that wasn't my experience. You know, my experience was like, I need to eat. I need to, you know, I need to pay my rent, you know, and, uh, and I need to like, I, you know, and I, I only have so much money to make, to, to make a go at this. So I got to like, you know, be very, you know, um, strategic about my path. And, and so, yeah. And so, I mean, even, even though I thought like, oh, once I get a job, I'm going to quit going to school and like quit spending all this money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just made me feel like, oh, wow, this is money well spent. And, yeah. I, and I, I need to, I need to do this, you know, on top of going to school, you know, and the only reason, the only reason I stopped going, and this was like, I, I, I was going to school and working in animation for, I think about three years because I was only, I was going to school part-time. So, yeah. so it was going to take me longer to finish. But it wasn't until I started, I had it, I got a directing opportunity that Ooh. I had to stop going to school because I just couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, do, I, was I just, couldn't do both. Yeah. At that, that point. That was too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was too much. Yeah. But. Where was but, the yeah. directing opportunity and how did that come about? Uh, it was at Wild Brain. Um, oh was, yeah yeah it was at wild brain it was when when i know how wild brain is in la now but it started in san francisco <clears throat> and uh yeah because i worked that was like i worked there for about four years um that was sort of like where i learned a lot um about you know being an animator and storyboard everything i i feel like Mm -hmm. that's where i really got my education in animation was at wild brain and i worked under really talented directors Mm -hmm. and mentors that i you know that i'm i'm really good friends with to this day like robert valley and ed bell a bunch of guys like that Um, what shows what shows were you on um well well at the time wild brain was more of we did more like commercials and okay. stuff so we did like coke super mom which was a big robert valley one it was mm. like this super mom this you know uh comic books sort of styled uh coke commercial um i was like an animator for ed bell on this like sprite voltron ad with like hip-hop rappers and sprite. it was it's pretty big deal at the time mm. um so yeah, I mean the thing about working at Wild Brain was that was really great was I feel like because uh, because it was a commercial house, we mm-hmm. jumped styles like so quick so quickly. And yeah, once a, yeah. And once again, there's my illustration like background once again sort of paid off, right? Because I was able to like very quickly jump from you know Rice Krispies, you know. Yeah, yeah. to yeah, yeah. you know to like you know a super <laughs> woodblock sort of stylized you know bank ad to you know so it, like every three it, it, it was kind of fun because like every three months would be like a whole new style yeah you know how do you how was the schedule like <laughs> schedule was pretty fast and furious but it was like you know <laughs> it was uh but it was it was good. I mean, it, at the time it was you know I was young and hungry and and uh, I started off as like an assistant animator, 
And, mm. and um, at the time, there were several studios in the Bay Area mm. <clears throat> that did similar work. One was uh, Passion Pic, not Passion Pictures, Curious Pictures. There was mm. Colossal. There was Wild Brain. And so what we would do is, or what the, actually what the productions would do, because this is all 2D animation, right? And, and mm-hmm. all drawn on paper, right? Mm-hmm. So you needed to have like a body of uh, a crew of like of um, in-betweeners, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got my start was doing in-be- was in-betweening. And what they would, what the productions would do is they would communicate with all the different other studios and be like, Hey, you know, our job is about to end here at this date. And they would coordinate with the other studios. And so we would jump around from studio to studio, um, you know, doing, you know, assistant animation work. Um, mm. and yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot during, during those years. Um, but, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool that like you you went into that. Also, you did just so much 2D animation. I feel like it's I don't know. I guess maybe Titmouse. You can animate in 2D at Titmouse nowadays, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to have these jobs now. Or I don't yeah. know. Maybe there's still maybe they still exist in the Bay. No, not really. Yeah, not, not really. really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think yeah. Once everything went 3D. It was kind of really yeah. sad. It was like you saw a lot of people who were like career assistants, you know, career. They're really, really good at their trade. They're really good at their craft. But it just yeah. it just if you didn't sort of like change with the times, you can't, you know, you're kind of. How like, did you adapt to 3D? Because you didn't learn 3D at all in school, right? No, I took one 3D class in school. I think it was like a Maya, was it Maya or SGI, something like that. And I hated it. Oh my God. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was so awful. I was like, this is, this is, you know. Um, So actually I start where I I learned 3D was um, at Lucasfilm. So yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. How did you how did you get into Lucasfilm? How was kind of like your jump from like your like Wild Brain? Was it where you, did you go from Wild Brain to Lucas? Uh no, actually there was a, yeah. in between Wild Brain and Lucas, um I I started my own animation studio or, or what? not not by myself with with oh, okay. with some partners, um. And actually, actually, Robert Valley was the one who actually started it initially. Um, Maverick Studios. It was called Maverick what? Studios. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so I did that for like like five years or so. Did you did you guys basically? Um, what was the intention behind creating your own studio? Because I know like a lot of of artists like my age or younger like we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna make it an animation studio and change the animation world <laughs> right yeah it was something like that yeah <laughs> it actually was like you know we we maverick studios that started off as just like a co-op studio space um, oh that's where, really interesting where a bunch of us who just wanted to work on our own projects but then when when studios wanted us to do work, you know, we had a mm. space and we could just like 
we could just do it from there. And like I said, like Robert Valley was actually the, 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 the guy who started, started that off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, uh, and so, yeah, so it started off as just like a co-op where we would all work on our own, our own sort of comic ideas or, you know, mm-hmm. prepare for comic con and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, but then when like say wild brain would like hey, I have a commercial that they wanted like Robert to direct, we would just, he would be like, okay, well I have my crew, I have a crew mm-hmm. already here. And so we would, we would just, you know, do the job instead of going into wild brain and working, we would just work from our own studio for, for wild brain. Um, right. And then, right. and then eventually um, we just, I think Robert was, Robert left and he, you know, he went off to go do crazy work on gorillas or something mm-hmm. um, in Europe. And so we decided, okay, well, Hey, let's, 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 uh, let's incorporate and like, you know, make this like an official thing so that we can get bigger jobs, you know, ourselves. <clears throat> and so, and so, yeah. And so then we, we did that and, you know, we were doing like storyboards and development for, you know, for features and. Oh, uh, wow. That's so it, cool. What, what features did you do development for? Uh, we did some development for this, for the, it never got made, but it was for um, this property called Blockheads. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, sort of like this sort of hip hop futuristic, you know. Uh, post-apocalyptic world thing um that was really cool cool. that was really really cool Um, cool. (laughs) uh and what else did we do did stuff for like national geographic we did you know we did a bunch of a bunch of stuff and i think you know ultimately we ended up shutting it down because it was just really bad timing like i have so much respect for like studios like titmouse and stuff Mm because that was that was kind of like what we were aiming to, to be aiming to be mm-hmm. right but i think it was a lot of it was like timing because it oh yeah because we you know because we were we were in business like right when like the dot-com bubble was like bursting and all of a I sudden see. it just got it just got yeah. really really tough and all the animation mm-hmm. started going overseas you know at oh, one point God. we were like yeah. at one point we were like competing with you know we were competing with like people that were working for like you know half you know their budget they were cutting our budgets like in half and whatnot and so it just became kind of untenable and then uh yeah and then my wife current wife now was like okay time for you to get a real job (laughs) 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 so i was like fine i'll go to lucasfilm and then (laughs) then, yeah i was fortunate enough to 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 you know Get a, get a gig there because like a couple of the guys actually some of the guys that worked at mavericks uh mm-hmm. were were at at um at lucasfilm so yeah i went for my interview there and it was just like hanging out with my, oh yeah with my buddy <laughs> my yeah, yeah nice so yeah so i mean yeah that's that's um and so yeah and so then i started working there and that's when i that's when i got introduced to to 3d Mm-hmm. But we started off in 2D, 
doing 2D boards. And then they were like, okay, everything's going to be in 3D. And we're like, what? Um, and I, you know, I didn't love it at first. Um, but you know, I felt like, okay, well, if I'm doing this 3d, then it's going to allow me more, more, more time to be able to do my own stuff, you know, and not Mm -hmm. be burnt out from drawing all day because I'm, I'm not doing so much drawing, um, at Lucasfilm. But, um, but actually, you know, it, it became like a really great sort of like film education for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind I like, I sort of, um, compare it to like analogy I like to give is like, um, sort of like animation, right? Like mm-hmm. when I came up in animation, everybody said like, if you want to be a great animator, like Glenn Keane or, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the 12 mass, you know, the, mm-hmm. the 12 old men and all that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you gotta be like this, this like you know Leonardo da Vinci, like all the bigger drawing and and all that, right? Yeah. But yeah, then, yeah. but then you know, I was hanging out with some buddies from Pixar, cause Pixar's up here in the Bay Area too, so a lot mm-hmm. of our our paths. And some of my some of my buddies who are like the most talented like animators, I'm looking at their drawings and I'm like, you don't drawing like Leonardo da Vinci, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it feels like oh it's, like, it's because it's that's not not animation and that's not what animation's about right same thing with stop yeah. motion animators a lot of stop motion animators aren't the best draftsmen because it's mm-hmm. not about drawing it's about timing right it's about mm, timing yep, yep. it's like mm-hmm. space spacing timing you know yeah. um and so i feel like it's a similar thing um with story right yeah. with story mm-hmm. it's about shot composition it's about, mm-hmm. you know, the rhythm and pacing of your boards and whatnot. Yeah. And I felt like when I when I was working in 3D, doing 3D boards, all of a sudden it just kind of took the whole drawing element out out of the process and yeah. made me and made me not that I mean I love drawing boards or whatever and I'm still doing them to this day, but it just but going through that those years it it was like an exercise of just purely focusing on filmmaking and like yeah. mm-hmm. shots and rhythm and, and it wasn't about like this pretty drawing. Cause sometimes, you know, even with boards, right. If you do a, your drawing is pretty enough. You can almost, yeah. you can sell a shot with how well yes. you draw, with how well you draw it. And it that might, is true. and it might not, <laughs> and it might not be the best shot, right. It might not be the best shot for the scene. And a lot of yes. times, if you're working on a 3D show, it's not even gonna it's not even gonna be on the screen at all. It's like it's ultimately it's gonna be rendered in 3D, and it's yeah. gonna be a totally different thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that you know that was a, a a really great education for me. And I think I don't know. I think I think uh, as far as 3D boards go, I think I think it has its place, but I don't think it's an end all be all by any means. You know, I think. Yeah, I think with like like feature boards, I think especially feature boards, I I don't think 3D boarding is is as as much the way to go because you're you're writing more yeah. than you're actually you yeah. know yeah yeah. Whereas like with, with television, you're kind of like you're kind of you're you're kind of writing, but you're more just ex you're more executing what the script is and and being 
and giving information for like the layout department coming coming up next down the yeah. pi- pipeline, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Uh, but, okay, oh, sorry. Ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say it's true. I agree because like we, um, for people listening, like Vaughn and I worked on Wings of Fire together, and we were using Blender to to storyboard, and I think it was really interesting to use that software because you get to really be in the scenes with the characters and when it's like very action and very uh like action drama i think it like it really has a strong place you have that camera that you can really push the shots with especially because Mm -hmm. you know that later it's gonna it's that's kind of the shots that are going to be referenced by the overseas studio whereas feature um animation it's like you said it's more like it's almost just like writing visually so mm-hmm. drawing is faster right. than <laughs> than do placing a camera and the characters in the 3d space right um uh, but then it's kind of like all about the pipeline kind of um perspective i guess right right and they you know and in feature you have you have a layout department that's like literally gonna yeah take your chicken scratch and like you know have an actual dp that's gonna like basically kind of you know take it from scratch and like make it so much much more better whereas yeah television the 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 production schedule is so much faster that the the overseas studios don't have time they they just need to execute what you what you've given them in the boards you know I mean, yeah. there, there's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of time for, for playing with them, but it's, it's very little. So it's like, if you can give them as much information as possible, then the moments that they actually do have to play and create it, be creative, they can actually do it as opposed to like feeling like, yeah. oh my God, I'm never going to get through my 80 shots I have to get through or something you know just fixing all these mistakes yeah right coming from yeah the boards right totally right um do you feel like your experience like like having created a studio an animation studio and like working up through all these jobs made you more aware of kind of like the pipeline and what it's like working with an animation in an overseas studio very very much so yeah yeah I think yeah I'm I'm I, yeah, I'm very sympathetic to production, (laughs) you know, I, I, you know, I understand like what a, what a difficult job they have, like, you know, hurting, hurting us artist cats around and like trying to get, (laughs) trying to get something done within a, a, a timeline and whatnot. And, you know, and also the realizing like what an effect, like a properly ran production has in the ultimate, like, um, quality of the show Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's like you really can't have one without the other you know if you just just leave it to us artists we're just gonna like take forever to do everything and like and like you know if we i i feel like we we at least for me i need to have uh you know Guide, yeah. like guidelines and and it, it it helps me be more productive it helps me be more efficient with my time as well yes you know especially mm-hmm. as uh, you know as I get older I have a family I have like 
other things outside of my work that I need to, to, you know, to give my attention. So, Mm -hmm. you know, having, having production ran, ran well allows me to like, you know, live my life, but still do good work, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, that was, I mean, having my own studio and like, worrying about payroll and shit like that. Like <laughs> health, health insurance. It was like, oh my God. I was, it was, uh, I was, crazy. I was just happy to just, yeah. So when I got to Lucasfilm, I was like, just give me a paycheck and, yeah. you know, give me my sequence and that's all I need to worry about. And it was, a, it was the most beautiful, beautiful experience at the time because, I was kind of burnt out on uh, on running running a studio by the time time I, I got to Lucasfilm. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, I can't I believe I can't believe. I mean, even for me, just like doing this podcast on the side is so small, but I'm like doing that on top of like yeah regular job. It feels like it's like oh, it is a lot of work. Like <laughs> just like getting people like like scheduling and like and and we have a producer who's helping so it's like i'm right. complaining we'll and see. it's not even as bad as right <laughs> well then you can, you can i'm sure you appreciate your producer right it's like yeah like, yeah would this they probably wouldn't get done if it wasn't for those those folks you know totally yeah. totally well so um what kind of um let's see oh we're actually we're we're like st- pretty good on time but I do want to uh ask a little bit because I remember talking to you with like Lucasfilm and a transition with Disney and kind of what that looked like mm-hmm. um in terms of like the the tools you were using mm-hmm. and like because you, you just started learning 3D and getting used to the 3D software like mm-hmm. to do boards <laughs> kind of how it was was that transition like when uh Oh, when to, you guys were, oh, to do board and from three D from two D to three D, <clears throat> it was it was it was a little painful in the beginning. Of course, there was definitely some people pushing back. I think I think at the time, you know, because it was at Lucasfilm, you know, it wasn't, you know, uh, it was basically George was like this. This came from from George. And he was like, this is the way he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, the, the software wasn't like super stable um and so a lot of people were like trying to like wanted to use maya instead because maya was more stable and people knew it better and whatnot but he kind of like stuck to his guns and was like no you have to use our proprietary software Mm -hmm. and um and it was you know it was great i mean it's like the the sort of the process that we use that you know that sort of I was sort of implementing on Wings of Fire on our show is much more of a, a live action sort of methodology and mm. way of working um, where, you know, you have your stage and you have your, your actors and you stage them out in this 3D environment and then drop in your cameras and shoot. Right. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of and then a lot of the a lot of the creative work is is happening in editorial as well, you know. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot more back and forth from editorial to story than 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 you than there is an usual um, Mm -hmm. uh, animated 
you know, uh, production. Um, but I think, you know, for, you know, and it's not, and it's not for every show for sure, you know, Mm -hmm. but the type of show like, you know, wings of fire, like what we were doing where it's like, sort of like kind of a little bit more on the realistic sort of cinematog cinematography. Um, and I think this, this process is, it's, it's really great because you're able to find, you're able to find stuff that you, you wouldn't have found if you were just, you know, using your shortcuts that you, of, you know, of shots that you have in your brain from storyboarding, mm-hmm. you know, cause we all have like our little shortcuts of like, Oh, this is my wide shot, my medium, my, you know, or so-and-so. Whereas, yeah. whereas with, with 3d, you can just drop in the camera and you, you know, you know, you, you, of course you, you thumbnail out like how you see it playing out. But then when you drop the camera and you could see like, okay, this is my thumbnail, but in the actual 3d space, this is like, Mm. way better shot than my what my shitty thumbnail was you know <laughs> just because you're actually in that 3d space um i don't know if i did i answer your question or i veer off very far yeah no i think that's um, great i think that's like a great um i think also i wasn't like super clear with the way i like formulated my question and because I, I was i remember you were um you were talking about how when Disney uh, bought the Star Wars franchise and basically kind of took over Lucas. Like there was a moment when you guys had to transition back to 2D boards. Oh, right. Yes. And I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, or like if that's interesting too. <laughs> um, that's that's a kind of traumatic time in my life. But yeah, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So when Disney, when Disney took over Lucasfilm, um, we, for a minute there, we, we went to, you know, they were like, you know, you got to do it the way all our other productions do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, daddy, uh, daddy Warbucks, uh, Lucas wasn't, you know, holding the first strings <laughs> anymore. So, you know, the budget wasn't, wasn't the same as what it was on the previous sort of Clone Wars um, mm-hmm. uh, episodes or seasons. And so, yeah. And so we were doing it in, in Storyboard Pro and we were making it work. You know, we were definitely making, mm-hmm. you know, definitely making it work. And, um, but then at a certain point, one, some, you know, some of the artists, that had worked on the original on the, the earlier clone war stuff um took it upon themselves to work with some of the technical technical directors to to help bring it bring you know uh zviz is the name of the pri- proprietary software bring mm-hmm. zviz back and so mm-hmm. and so uh after a while, you know, after about, I think about a season and a half of doing, doing it, it was on Rebels too, um, mm-hmm. on Star Wars Rebels. The first season was done pretty much pro- all, all in, um, in Storyboard Pro. I wasn't, I was actually not there during that first season. I mm. was working, I was working in Story at Paramount at, for that year. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> but then the, for the second season, about halfway through the second season, um, we started experimenting with going back to ZViz and using the 3D, um, mm. the 3D software again. And, uh, 
yeah, I think it was like for some of the artists who got hired on um to do the 2D, the Toon Boom, Toon Boom um style, mm. they some of them left, you know, to be honest, because I think they probably were like, Well, I didn't sign up for this 3D stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is totally understandable. Um but then, you know, a lot of a lot of the artists that had been there from before and kind of knew what it was all about, we stuck, you know, stuck around and like mm-hmm. ended up, you know, doing like the last season of the Clone Wars in in Zviz and they're you know mm-hmm. they're using they're using it to this day um but yeah so but it was it, just like a it was just like a short moment when it was just like maybe tune boom storyboard pro and then, right yeah <laughs> right right and then we went right back right back to it I mean it was it was I think it was fun I had a lot of fun you know it was like it was like kind of refreshing I was like oh I get to draw these Star Wars characters you know yeah um but uh but yeah, the, you know, there's like certain things that like you, when you do it in 3D, it just, it, especially with working with an overseas studio, the, the, the level of quality is just way better if you do it in 3D, um, mm. like, like flight shots, for example, because there's a mm. lot of like spit, you know, dog fights and all that kind of stuff in Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And we would send stuff over with Toon Boom and it would look great in the boards and then you would get mm-hmm. stuff coming back from overseas and just be like, Oh my God, it looks so bad <laughs> because it just, you know, it just didn't translate, you know? Yeah. Whereas when we, yeah. when we did it in 3d, we just did when we basically just animated the, the shots, like the, the yeah. spaceship shots. And so the thing about that was, I mean, we didn't, you know, go full, full animation, but it was like, it was laid out in a way where like, it's pretty clear on what, what they needed to do. And so when we get, when we would get the stuff back, it would look, you know, because they had such a better starting point, you know, it ended up looking really, really good. So that, so even with like, on the early stage, on the early days when we were kind of like in between, um, in between uh, Storyboard Pro and and Zviz, mm-hmm. we would kind of like be like, okay, do the episode can be done in Storyboard Pro, but like, oh, here's this like intense like dogfight spaceship sequence. <coughs> Let's do that in 3D. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Just just do that one in 3D because that's oh, okay. mm-hmm. that's the yeah. one that's gonna it's gonna matter more, you know. So you had to pick your battle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's so cool. So you've also you've you've also uh done storyboards and then directing and then supervising directing. Mm-hmm. And I I kinda wanna know for you kind of what was the experience on each of these different um roles and kind of what's the like <clears throat> pluses and minuses for each of the roles okay um so i guess i'll start with you know storyboarding is Mm -hmm. it's great you get your own little sequence and and you know work with the director and you know um and it's great because you can kind of just go into your own little cave a little bit and Mm -hmm. and and focus on your sequence and 
and and make it as 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 good as you can and then um with like episodic directing uh, excuse me if you heard that with episodic directing um you know i had on gremlins um i had like four artists per per team and oh um, yeah and uh yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was great because it's like, you know, you're, you're trying to, to, um, you know, uh, communicate your vision of what, what you want your episode to be. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you're trying to give your artists enough creative freedom to be able to take ownership of their sequences and actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, push it to that next level. And on, on Gremlins, I actually sort of introduced uh, sort of the Blender 3D storyboarding um, uh, technique to my team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with my team, I was like, you know, because it, it was like a, it was a storyboard pro um, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of the, you know, part of the thing that I, agreement I made with the, the producer when I came on was like, hey, I'd like to try it try to work in blender on this and they were like cool and so with my team um i like i gave them the option to use use blender and i just said hey just bear with me for this first episode and like i kind of like trained them and like sort of uh asked that they just do one sequence in storyboard mm-hmm. pro right <laughs> and then from yeah. there they could like decide whether they wanted to continue with it or work with like a hybrid version of it or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think by the end of it, like, you know, some, I think like one artist like took it on like completely. Uh, and then most artists worked with a hybrid version of it, you know, Mm. they still, they, you know, still worked with storyboard pro, but, but, um, but, you know, we're using, using blender to you know do a lot of their staging and figuring out a lot of their shots and whatnot mm-hmm. and so uh so yeah so with the episodic directing it was great because it was like you know working on that you know one episode with your team and you know um doing research together trying to find like inspiration you know it a lot of it is like you know trying to keep the the morale high and inspiring people to like, you know, push the episode to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah. And then supervising, directing. um, It's a lot of that, but it's like, yeah, it's just a bigger, it's a lot. It's it's just a bigger level where you're like, you know, a lot of, you're like hiring people. You're Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot more communication that has to happen between departments that you kind of have to oversee and make sure that you know I felt like a big part of it was just you know making sure that you know my teams you know and my directors had everything that they needed to do do the best job that they could do um and I think the part of it that I I wasn't that probably was the newest thing for me was not just managing downward I don't know if that's a good word to use but you know to my Mm -hmm. crew but like managing 
laterally, like managing to producers and managing mm. to to other departments and like that whole aspect of it was something that I that kind of was like caught me off guard a little bit. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I see have to like you know, I have to, you know, not only so I was just, you know, I'm just so used to like I was just so used to just worrying about the story department, right? Just worried about yeah, my yeah. crew and my, you know, and then all of a sudden, once you become a supervising director, it's, it's, you know, you're in charge of communicating the needs and making sure that, that your story crew has stuff, but also making sure that, you know, you're not infringing on another department by, by the, the things that you're asking for. Right. And working right. very closely with like your producers to make sure that, you know, this thing is run smoothly and it, to make sure it runs smoothly is it's not all about just your department, right? It's about how your department works with the other departments, you know? So that, that was like kind of, kind of a big, big learning experience for me, which, which was, was really fun. Um, yeah, that's like, that's the thing that's kind of like really exciting to hear because it's like for you know like when you when you don't step into these roles you don't really know what it's like to mm -hmm. to handle those roles um and I feel like I don't know sometimes like a lot of my peers we're like kind of like career hungry and we're like okay I've been a director for for a couple for a year like now it's time to be a supervising director and I'm like mm, I wonder like what would be right what right. would be your advice to someone that's kind of like looking into like moving up from director to supervising director because it's what would be the things that you would be like oh this is what I would be looking out for like mm -hmm. you know um as as far as like as far as just like things that I don't know maybe things that you wish you knew or like I don't know like communication tips or like just any any kind of like I guess advice you would give to someone who's who's about to step in the supervising director role for the first time okay um yeah I mean I'd say it's all about a lot of it is about communication right mm -hmm. communicating and like <clears throat> and and really like you're you're basically I, I feel like what to me what makes it is what would make a good supervising director and this is just from my experience on one show but i feel like you're really you're really if you're doing your job well things are going smoothly right and people mm -hmm. probably won't know that you're doing a good job because i feel like w your job is to like look out for things that are going being proactive and and and, and stopping blow-ups from happening before they can you know, mm -hmm, what I mean? you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. like being proactive and seeing like, okay, you know, if we don't, you know, change course now, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit painful now, but it's going to save us in the end if we, if we, if we make this change. Right. And being, mm -hmm. being aware of like seeing, seeing the production globally in that way. You know, because once, once you, you know, especially in animation, like once, you know, you're to the point where the shit is hitting the fan, it's almost kind of too late. Yeah. You know? Mm. So mm. I think a big part of it is like, you know, number one, commu and, and communication goes a long way with that. 
right? Mm-hmm. Especially with creatives, it's very easy for us to like go into our little like little caves and just and just kind of like want to make beautiful art and like shut the world out. But mm-hmm. but as a supervising director, you you can't do that. You have to be the one that like is seeing seeing it from like a bird's eye view and like you know making those tough calls you know that might not that might not you know yeah be what what your what your you know episodic director may want you know <laughs> you know but you know but part of it but part of it too is being able to communicate with your episodic and with with whoever you're dealing with and 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 communicating them in a way that they can understand like look it's not to be mean or whatever. It's for the good of the show. And I think yeah. if you're able to communicate that, people are totally um will will be on board. And like I think that that's what makes a, a good, you know, supervising director too, is like being able to com- communicate those things in a way that, that keeps keeps the, everybody on the same page and keeps everybody, you know, um engaged and inspired. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but also like being able to like communicate those harsh truths when they, when they need to be, you know? Oh yeah. 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 So, you know, cause you know, you can't, you know, can't have everything, you know, and sometimes it's like, you know, and a lot of it is working with production and, yeah. and, you know, uh, sort of um, working with production and, and, and sort of setting yourself up for success like like if you if you you know are proactive and like uh go out of your way to make it easier for another department right so like say Mm -hmm. say editorial for example right like you know making it a habit of your crew to like hey get stuff in early to editorial Right. Right. You get Mm -hmm. stuff in early to editorial. There's going to come a time when you're going to need more time. Right. Yeah. You're going to need more time. And if you've fostered this relationship, this, this, this positive, healthy relationship with this other department, when it comes time that they need you, I mean, that you need them to like, Hey, can I get a little bit more time? Can I, you know, they're going to be willing to help you out because you've been helping them out previously right Mm -hmm. right? as opposed to um you know i've seen situations where people are like trying to hold on to their stuff and it's like almost like a it becomes like a a combative sort of relationship where right editorial is like now that and now because because you you know the the stuff is always coming in late because the the artist wants to or the director wants to wait wants wants everything to be you know, up to a certain standard. And so that, so everything is coming in late. Now you're for mm-hmm. putting, you're putting production and editorial into a position where now they have to protect themselves. Right. right. Yes. So mm-hmm. now they have to protect themselves from, you know, from them getting overworked from them mm-hmm. having to work over, t- you know, late into the hours because they got, you know, everything dog piled onto them at the last minute, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, it's just not, it doesn't foster a, a a very good working environment for for anyone. So I feel like you know, as a supervising director, that's kind of one of, that's that's one example of some of the things that I kind of like keep an eye on and make sure that like 
that, you know, everybody, yeah. you know, that, that we're all sort of like, you know, working together in harmony to make this thing because very, I think, I feel like that, you know, once, once relationships get toxic, it's really yes. hard. It's really hard to come back from them. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a really, that's really good advice. Wow. That's, that was really great. Um, I think that's great insight. And um, I think it's a good point for us to kind of jump into some questions from the fans of the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So from our patron, uh, Joe Benson, uh-huh. he asked, well, since you're, around the corner and down the street from Disney, <laughs> what Marvel character you'd like to make a movie or a show off? And if not Marvel, DC. Oh, wow. So. That's a dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, since Blue I'm sky, working... just dream. <laughs> <laughs> or since I'm working at Warner Brothers, maybe it should be a DC character. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A superhero character, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I think I guess Marvel or DC. Marvel I guess. or DC. I mean, I always, I always like the more obscure characters. Mm. I'm loving the, I'm loving uh, Sandman on Netflix. Oh my god. That oh was, yeah. That was something that I was, I was, I was like, why hasn't somebody done that? And I'm like, oh shit, they did it, and it's really good. Um, what would be so like a comic book character? Yeah, I guess Marvel uh, or DC or like kind of like what you, yeah, just, just something like you would be like, is there like an IP character that you would be like really excited to like pitch or like work on, I guess? Man, <laughs> I don't know. Superhero stuff, kind of so much superhero stuff out there. <laughs> no? Can I say no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly i'm kind of the same when it comes to like marvel or like dc i'm like i'm not very well versed in any of those and i'm kind of like yeah. i like the ip themselves are not usually not very interesting what i the moment i get interested is when the characters are like have a spark of or i don't know okay. i i saw the like uh doctor strange movie in the multiverse and I was like that is so fun like that's that's more like that's more like what a director does with the IP that kind of gets me excited rather than the IP itself right right yeah yeah I mean I you know I was like I grew you know when I grew I was like a big X-Men fan but I was like there's so much of that has been done already yeah you know how if I think back to like what I I mean I liked I liked um long shot I don't know if you even know this character long shot let me let me check and I, I don't know. I kind of like his character because he's like, his superpower is kind of like not that super. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, it's basically luck. Like <gasps> luck is, so like, cr- is his, is his superpower. And I don't know. I just, I feel like there's something kind of interesting there because it's not mm-hmm. like Aquaman or fucking Superman. Yeah. You know, it's like you can fly and punch everything. It's like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of. I feel like so much, there's just so much, so much of that. And so many people that do it so well. It, yeah. That's just not, not in my, I'm more, I like, yeah, I'm more into like, I think, well, actually, take that back. I think, I think I might actually like to do, uh, 
<laughs> see this is a character that's there's way too so, so much of it already but like the batman stuff like i'm really into like detective yeah kind of yeah, sort, yeah. detective yeah. stories you know mm-hmm. whodunits mm-hmm. and that that kind of thing um so i mean i would be interested in doing something like that with like in that universe but with less of the you know of the like gritty like it's my city right right and like <laughs> less of the superhero-y stuff and more of the like detective sort of story stuff like the you know mm. making it like a columbo episode or something <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so. yeah yeah that's so funny yeah batman yeah <laughs> there has been so there's, much Batman there's a that cup, there's they a... had to cut some Batman. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh... Wow, that's so funny. Um, another question from one of our patron, a brother to drummer, uh-huh. asked, "Did you have any specific moments working on your shows where you said, wow, I can't believe I got to do this?'" Well, Wings of Fire was really like that. You know, I felt like it was kind of a dream job for. <laughs> before it got cut but uh yeah um, i yeah well not wallow but (laughs) right right yeah it was kind of the perfect perfect storm there for a minute um also i'd say back but you know this is way back in the day but when i worked on the the sprite voltron commercial series it was pretty awesome at the time i was pretty you know i was much younger but it was like I've always been a huge Voltron fan and then and then it like coupled it with like all these like hip hop legends that I was a, a uh, fan of with like, you know. Yeah. Common. Yeah, it had, it had all these like, yeah, these really great like um rappers and stuff. And so at the time that was like that was that was I was like I couldn't believe I was working on that. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Voltron yeah. and you know and uh um the music that I was listening to at the time, the artists that I was fans of. And then Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is stuff you know. I worked on I, that's the thing. Okay, so Star yeah, Star Wars Star Wars has to be at the top of the list. Like I I grew up loving Star Wars and then I just I I'd worked on it for so long that I think now it's like become you know and the, and Lucasfilm was kind of like family and sometimes you can kind of you know take things for granted a little bit you know mm-hmm. like like family but yeah but but definitely like it it uh, you know it really shaped my filmmaking you know mm-hmm. to this day um, and. Yeah, just every now, yeah, when, you know, just every now and then I'd, like, pinch myself, like, wow, I can't believe, believe I'm working on this. Yeah. Star Wars got to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. A um, final question from one of our Twitter followers, um, at Dead Battery, with the, the E is a three. <laughs> uh, how much reference do you consume to board and direct for action shows like Clone Wars, Bad Batch, and Rebels? how much reference a ton of it like every yeah every episode that uh that i work on you know that the team worked on there's always 
you know, that time in the beginning where you just got the script and you're going through and, you know, even getting notes from your, your director. A lot of times it'll be, they'll, you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll even tell you to reference a, a certain movie, mm-hmm. you know, for, for inspiration, you know, and it might be the, 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 um, the inspiration might be, you know, for character stuff. It might be mm-hmm. for like cinematography and shots, um, for action choreography, you know, a lot of times, I'll, you know, especially for action, um, like fights and, and, you know, car chase, like whatever. It's like, it's been done and it's, it's on YouTube. So, you know, and a lot of it is like the way that, not that you want to go in and just like copy something like, you know, cause that's, that's no fun. Right. Mm-hmm. But you just don't want to plagiarize, but it's like, you know, finding something to, to, to add to your recipe, to make your, you know, your, you know, your, your dish unique, you know, your sequence unique, but starting with like, okay, you know, this is the, this is the, the cream of the crop for myself on like what a a car chase should be. Right. So Mm. I'll go find that and then, you know, find the top three and then see like, okay, maybe use a piece from this, a piece from that. And then as you start building it, you know, it soon it takes its own shape and it becomes its own, its own thing. But yeah, I mean, reference and, 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 uh, inspiration is, is paramount. You know, I feel like anybody says it don't, they don't do that. They're not telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I feel yeah. like you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 100%. It's like, yeah, like, even sometimes, even sometimes with my friends, uh, we have like a little, like, chat where like, we're working on the sequence, even if we're not on the same shows, mm-hmm. like, we'll be like, hey, guys, you have good references for like those specific kind of scenes and then we have our little brain trust that's like oh have you thought about this movie or this animation or this commercial and then we like yeah. nice nice now I have like a lot of material to sift through really fast right right and I think I think the other thing too is that like just because you're working like on an say an animated show doesn't mean that you need to go to animation for reference right yeah and it's mm-hmm. like you're you can spread that net really really wide and I think it I think it you know I think it makes for a much more interesting scene sometimes you know the the further out you go yeah. um it's like yeah it's like you know doing the google search and not taking the first page not taking the <laughs> yeah, not taking, yeah yeah you want to find it on page three or four not uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect uh... oh that's great i'm gonna ask you a quick question uh how do you deal with creative block when it strikes (laughs) how do i deal with creative block when it strikes your personal i just keep drawing (laughs) you push through it i just push that's i that's the only thing you can do i feel like you know i mean sometimes it's good to step away right Mm -hmm. good to step away and like you know get something to drink or eat or you know go for a run and go outside take a walk or whatever but nine times out of ten for myself at least I feel like I just need to like keep pushing through because for me the creative block usually comes when I've had a bit of a lull 
you know, when mm. I, it's like, for me, the creative block comes in the, in the start, in the starting of the thing, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it takes me a little while to get the momentum going. And yeah. so for me, the only way to get through that is just to get through it, you know, and just draw a yeah. bunch of, draw, you know, a bunch of things that don't work, you know, until something does. And then when, yeah. when that thing does, when it, when it finally hits, then it's like, oh, okay. And then everything becomes clear, but I would never have gotten there if I just didn't just keep kind of pushing, pushing through it, you know, and being, yeah. and being okay with the, I think, I think with the creative block thing too, for me is like being okay with the, with the idea that you're going to, you're going to have some shitty ideas, you know, you're going to, yeah. you know, and it doesn't mean that that's ultimately what you're going to end up putting out there. It's just, a, it's just a part of the process of getting there you know yeah yeah sometimes you take mm-hmm. a couple wrong turns but you know eventually you find you find the path um yeah i love it yeah that's great get the get, great. get the bad ones out the way yeah 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 i feel like it's funny because um i depending on the moments that there's a creative block happening it depends on which strategy i'm gonna pick but most of the time I think you're right. Like, for ex- like just writing down all the shit ideas or like just doodling them. And then you're like, okay, for some reason, it's really crazy. It's like when it's in your head, it won't leave your head. But if you do put it on paper, mm-hmm. then it is gone from the- your head. And you can like, you're like, oh, I am free from this bad idea. I could like come up with <laughs> maybe another bad idea, but right. at least a different one. <laughs> right, right, right. And sometimes that bad idea is not that bad yeah in context right like sometimes it's a bad idea by itself right yeah and then you come up with some other ideas and then you're like oh wait a minute that shitty idea actually will work now Mm -hmm. when combined with this other better idea (laughs) you know it's like it's just you're just giving yourself stuff to play with to like mitch match and kind of like make into a good idea i'm not one of those guys because i I've worked with those guys that are like, they just sit down and like, look at the page (gasps) for an hour and then just start drawing. And it's like, it's awesome. Like, I'm not that guy. I'm not not that guy. I'm the guy that like sits there and like scribble, 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 erase, 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 scribble, 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 you know, (laughs) until finally, you know, painfully it, it, you know, it comes into, sh- it, it rounds into shape, you know, uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Eh, relatable. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that was a great episode and, um, that will be the end of this creative block. Uh, Vaughn, thanks for being my guest and sharing your story. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block, Creative Without the Vowels, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask your guests. Huge thanks to Edward Clemens for editing the podcast and Malik for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, V. Keep being creative and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having me.